Scripture reading is taken from Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 6. Jesus sends out the 72, verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore to send our workers into this harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter the house, first say, Peace to this house. If someone promotes peace is day, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. This morning, we are very uh, glad to have Brother James Lee to bring the message of God to rest. Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Father God, at this time of a very different time and can say very difficult time for coaching for people around the world. We pray that your peace will be upon us. We pray your shalom will be in us and through us that your peace will pass through the people who need your peace the most. Guide me and help me to present your words correctly and pointedly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bringing shalom to our world. I want to read to you Isaiah 52, verse 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reign. You see, peace is more important you like it or not, at this day of pandemic, shalom and peace is more important than the success, than triumphalism of life, than power and wealth of life. So peace is so important. So may the peace of the Lord be with you, brothers and sisters. In John chapter 14, verse 27, it says, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, James, that the world don't give. And he asks us not let our heart be troubled at this pandemic, at this crisis moment. Let your heart not be troubled and do not be afraid. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. That is what godly shalom is. That is what godly peace is. 
Shalom, it means that it brings reconciliation. I want to define shalom. Shalom, it means reconciliation, relationship being restored, justice being re-established, and beauty to our world. I want to let you all see what our forefather John Wesley mentioned and have been booked down into the book of discipline, 2016, part three, article 81 to 85. He said the interest of the Methodist church in social welfare spring from the gospel and from the labor of John Wesley who ministered to physical, mark this word, ministered to physical, intellectual, and social needs of people to whom he preached the gospel of personal redemption. And then he said we can bring humankind or society in which liberty is preserved, justice established, kindership achieved. Praise the Lord. And he said we believe that everyone is equal in God's sight. You like that? I like that. Regardless of social status, creed, race, sex, or age. And this one is powerful. We therefore stand for the eradications of poverty everywhere. So Methodist is all in the book of discipline. And we believe it is our Christian day to provide opportunities for education and training for people to earn a living for themselves, to help people to help themselves. You see, all this shalom, it means God reigned in this world. Amen? God reigned to the death of Jesus Christ on the cross and the resurrection of his life on the third day. God reigned until today. And it is unfolding it one by one. When Christ came to die for us, heaven came down to earth. Amen? God incarnate came down to earth. Heaven overlaps the earth. God's reign is complete. It is non-negotiable. It is the universal truth. It is irrefutable. This is the truth that God reign. Our God reign. You see, we may perceive it partially. In reality of life, we may not fully understand what it means by God reigns. But when Christ shall come again, we will understand what it means that he reigned. And bear in mind, the reign of God, shalom, is the main character of the reign of God. When there is shalom, when there is peace, the reign of God is there. The kingdom of God is established. Jesus has come down to die for us. He has broken every bondages. All the evil one was broken. He is more than a conqueror. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, he said, He has made peace by the blood of Christ. You see, Jesus has made peace. He has made shalom by the blood of Christ. So, brother and sister, let not our heart be in trouble. Neither be dismayed. Let us not be fearful. 
Let us not be fearful, because shalom is in us, is in FMC, is in Kuching, is in this world. The peace of God that passes through all understanding is reigning all over our life, our family, our individual. Now, what is shalom? Shalom is an inner feeling of serenity. Yeah, it's an inner feeling of serenity and calmness. It is more than the absence of conflict. It is the desired state the Lord provides for us. It is the desired state where we all will achieve one day, where the relationship with God is right. That's mean our salvation. Where we make right relationship with our spouse, with our children, with our enemies, with people. That is shalom, make peace. Relationship is restored. Not only relationship restored with God, but with people. Not only with people, but with God's creation. With the world. With His activities around the world. Love our nature. Love our environment. Love God's creation. I want to illustrate to you the story of the prodigal son. In this story of the prodigal sons, there is four shalom. Okay, prodigal son, there are four shalom displayed by the father from Luke chapter 15. From Luke chapter 15 onward, 15, 11 to 12. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 12. You all know the story. I don't have to refer the slide. Firstly, in Luke chapter 5, 11, there was a man, the prodigal son. He said, Father, he tell the father, you know, this young boy, very, very, very aggressive. He said, Father, give me my share of the state. Give me my share. Imagine a person said this to you, you as a father before you die. Father, give me my share. You know how rude it is? in the property. You know what I mean? I'm not dead yet. Why you ask for property? So in the Middle Eastern culture, the father can slap the son, you know. But this prodigal son, the father of the prodigal son, he got hurt. He got hurt. And he gave in. He said, okay, I give to your request. You see the process here. I want you to imagine the process. Humanly speaking, the father should get angry. What? A lousy son. You know, before I die, you ask for property. But never tell us. The shalom of God is in him. The shalom of God reprocess, reprocess his anger into grace, into love, into mercy. That the father agreed to the son's request. So, son, it's all yours. Give it to you. The second shalom. When the prodigal son took everything, the wealth, everything, he became playboy and spent all the money until he has nothing. Until he has nothing, you know, all your property is gone, given to the son, it's all gone. The son spent all. Huh? He just flew around. Huh? He just lived a, a, a dissolute living, uh, 
a, a lousy life to spend all the father's money. Now, second shalom, if you are the father, now you come back, I disown you. Uh, huh? You come back again, you see, how shalom of God came into the father. The anger is reprocessed into grace. The anger is reprocessed into mercy, into grace, into shalom. In verse 20, what do you see the father's father do? Father did. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. He threw his arm around and kissed him. Oh my. What a gracious father. What a loving father. What a compassionate father. Instead of slapping him, instead of cursing him, instead of, instead of getting angry with him, he hugged him and kissed him and said, Son, welcome home. Man, that is a beautiful second salon. Now the third salon. What's the third salon? The third salon is the older son. The older son had been with the father day and night working very hard in a farm. Yeah. And then when the prodigal son uh, spent all the money and came back and the father called for celebration, called for party. Yeah. You know how do the older son say, man, this lousy son of yours come back. You throw a party. Yeah. Huh? You kill the big goat. Yeah. So the elder son got angry. But the father said, son, elder son, can you please come and join the party? The son disagreed. You know, how do the father feel? The father could easily say, son, you better listen to me. You do what I want you to do. That's a typical Middle Eastern father would say. But the shalom of God came in. He reprocessed his anger to shalom, to love, to grace, to peace. You see? So this is what a father is. A father gives shalom. Gives shalom by asking the son to join the party. Now the fourth salon. The fourth salon is that the elder son go and tell the public. Just imagine, tell all the people in Hapki, in the kampong, that my father is so funny, so stupid. You know, I spent day and night working on the farm for him, and he never even gave me a goat. When this prodigal son spent all the money, came back, he got throw party, killed the fattest cow, and welcomed him back. You know, he put the father to shame. He criticized the father. But what did the father do? You know, the father could easily get angry with the elder son. But what did, what did he say? The father, what did the father say to the son? Oopsie. Yeah. He said, my son. There's a false salon. Huh? I want to hear this. My son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. We have to celebrate and be glad because this father, this brother of yours was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. You see, the father go beyond what the son had did. He has forgiven the son. He said, most important thing is that your son, who was once lost but found again, who was once dead but alive again, let us celebrate. That is what the fourth shalom is. Peace be upon the family. 
So for those in the family who was heavy family filled, may God's shalom be with you. May relationship be restored. This false shalom that the father did, he reprocessed the anger and frustration and the bitterness to grace and mercy and love and peace and shalom to the family. This, brother and sister, is the reign of God. Amen? When the kingdom of God came, when God's reign came to this world, shalom will be upon us. We just have to go to God. Father, the God of peace will give to you. He will repossess, reprocess your frustration, bitterness, and anger into love, mercy, and kindness, and peace. This is what the Father is doing. The greatest shalom is the evidence of God's reign in this world. Now, where are we now in this pandemic? Are we getting closer to each other? Before that, we have internet, we have Facebook, we have all the communication media. Are we getting closer or are we getting further apart? At the dining table, we used to talk and laugh and pray. This day at the dining table, everyone is looking at their handphone, entertaining themselves. The world is isolating us. It's putting us apart. Shalom and peace and relationship are not there. Shalom is relationship being restored. We pray, and we pray against the evil one, that they will not disturb us. Even at pandemic time, our relation will build up, will grow deeper to Zoom, to communication in talking, in praying, in caring in the different manners, two meters apart, and love and care concern bring out by our messages from the heart. So let us build each other up. Let shalom be restored in our family. Now to show the reign of God, number two, the evidence of the reign of God, number two, is justice re-established. Okay? Number two is justice re-established. There's a second evidence. In Isaiah 2, 2, 2 said, the mountains of the lost temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. This is justice restored. God will build a mountain, a temple, the lost Yahweh temples, above the mountain, beyond the mountain, beyond Israel, beyond Jerusalem, there will be the Lord's temple. Now, who is this Lord's temple? The future house of God of which Isaiah speaks turn out not to be the new temple, not the physical temple, but the incarnation of God in the human form of Jesus. You see that? It's not a physical institutional temple 
that we used to. But it is God incarnated in His Son, Jesus Christ. Then He said in John 4, 4 21, say, Jesus responded, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Now, what is they trying to say? Jesus said, believe me, woman, the Samaritan woman, you need not have to go to Mount uh, Gazering to worship God or for the Jews to go to Jerusalem to worship God. You can worship Almighty God with where you are as long as you believe in Christ Jesus. You see, when we establish God as our Father in heaven, as our temple, as our sanctuary, in our midst, God, justice will be reestablished. Why I say that? When heavens come down to earth, heaven overlap the earth, heavenly things will come to earth, heavenly value will come to earth. God is in anywhere, in everywhere. Why do you hear that? God is in anywhere, and in everywhere, not only it within the four walls of the church, but in your home, at your workplace, at the compound where people are suffering. He is everywhere, anywhere, as long as you believe and you call upon the name of Jesus, God is there. God built his sanctuary to where you are, your home, your compound, your broken friends. Is the moment you call upon the name of Jesus, Jesus is in the mess, it's in the midst. What is that, has that to do with the justice re-established? Uh, I want to go further to do this. As mentioned by theologians, you say you care about the poor. You say you care about the poor. Then tell me, what are their names? Many times we say we care about the poor. We distribute food, very good. We love them, we give them hangout, excellent. You help them to help themselves, very good. But do you know their names? Justice without restored relationship is not justice at all. Look at our brethren, our indigenous, indigenous people. All through centuries, the Chinese had looked down, if I may say, they are lucky. They are good for nothing. Sorry, uh, indigenous people. There is a prejudice, I confess, being Chinese myself. We need to clear that. They are one of our brethren, great in the image of God. In equality in status, despite of race, despite of religion. They are our friends. So if we care for them without knowing their names, without relationship, there is no justice. So the Lord called us to establish His temple, His sanctuary, everywhere we go, at home, at workplace, so that, just, so that justice can be re-established. Now, what is that justice can be re-established? The church, the shining light of the church, 
supposed to be the community of people called to relocate, called to reconcile, called to redistribute its wealth. Brother and sister, that is exactly what justice should be. Justice has to be re-established. We have to relocate ourselves, our prejudices. Instead of staying in a higher and a higher country, we may have to move down and move down to the poorer area to be part of them, to be with them, to reconcile with them, to apologize to them, to bless them, to love them, and to know them by their names. Not just touch and go, to redistribute our wealth. Brothers and sisters, many years ago when Reverend D preached at the pulpit here, he said, God had blessed the Fuchao, the Methodists, with so much thing talent, gift, medical doctor, engineers, all kinds, richness. God had truly blessed our Methodists. Bless us. But I want to say this. I want to go further. Can we distribute our talent and gift? Can we redistribute our wealth by loving and blessing them? Even President Xi, President Xi Jinping from China, see the value of redistribute wealth. Two weeks ago, a lot of the rich Listed company like Alibaba and Tencent, he break it down to redistribute the wealth of the nation. So when God calls us, the reign of God is in us, when kingdom of God is established in us, we have to wage war. We have to wage war against the corrupted leaders of this war of this nation. In the olden days, it's Pharaoh and Caesar. We had to fight against the corrupt-minded of our leaders. They gained so much power, and power corrupt people. Power corrupt people. We need to redistribute our wealth so that the power can be shed. And someone said this, when you see corruption being rewarded, and honesty becoming self-sacrifice, you will know that our society is in doom. I want to repeat, when you see corruption is being rewarded, honesty, transparency is being compromised and self-sacrifice, you will know that this society is in doom. We pray a lot every Thursday, Wednesday, and Friday. But it's time for you to march up and move, move on. Be the voice for God among the poor, among the needy, among the political people. Let's speak out and tell them zero to corruption. If corruption is being rewarded, honesty and professionalism is being sacrificed, our Kuching, Salawat, and Malaysia will be in doom. I speak it from my heart, and I mean it from my heart. I love this country, Salawat, and Malaysia. Let's Christianize and pray 
and pray for redistribution of wealth, for justice being re-established, for reconciliation, for relationship being restored. Doesn't matter who they are. Let us be friends. Let us be friends to them. Lastly, beauty rediscovered. There's a third evidence of the reign of God. Beauty being discovered. A lot of time, our beauty is being doomed. Our wealth supposed to bless people and give good life to them is being doomed. Our beauty has been stained, has been broken, has been smeared by the sin and the temptation of this world, has been stained and tainted by the sin of this world till we cannot see the real beauty that God created for us, brothers and sisters. How often when we are delighted in the internet and zoom in the zoom that we forget to see outside, beyond the four words, the beauty of the mountain, the beauty of the stream, the beauty of the chicken and the duck running around, the beauty of the river fish, Sprinkling up and down and the see the trickling of the water flowing down the mountain stream where our forest is being taken care of, where our forest is being protected. They can cut the timber, but let us pray. The government will ask the people to do a selective cutting and to plant trees and to repair back the forest that they have cut. And I tell you this day, I'm not being on the government side, but I've seen it. Our government is doing it to the big company of states. They need to go and plant trees. They need to bring back the rivers. So there is a green movement. You see, sin had tainted the real beauty of God, the nature, the beauty of the artist, the beauty of the of the mountain, the beauty of the music, the beauty of the song led by our brother Jared, yeah? the beauty led by the choir, the harmony, the symphony. Can we enjoy the beauty of the Lord, the nature, the song, the music, the artistry of it, the beauty of the whole thing? And I believe when beauty is rediscovered, that's where shalom of God came upon us. Okay, just now I mentioned this all the way through. I want to read the quotation by reformer Martin Luther. He described this. The maid who sweet her kitchen is doing the will of God just as much as the monk who pray. Not because she may sing a Christian hymns as she sweeps, as she sweeps but because God loves clean floor. Hear that? Martin Luther said, God loves clean floor. And I tell you today, before my wife, my wife cleaned the place so clean. God loves clean floor. So my wife, you are doing the will of God. When we keep our church beautiful and clean, we are doing the will of God. Sometimes we thought that we had to be religiously doing it. 
singing and praying. No, by doing the good things of God. Now, what other thing he said? God let the Christian shoemaker does his Christian duty not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making good shoes because God is interested in good craftsmanship. This is the reformer Martin Luther said. God loves clean floor and God loves good shoes. Not only when you, when you manufacture shoes, you put a cross there, oh, I'm very holy. How about those who make good shoes? You know, imagine a person of my age, I'm 60 plus, we pay money for good shoes, our heels, our, our anchor, the good shoes. High heel is no more important. Four inch high shoes, no more important. It's hurting the heel. God loves good shoes. God loves good craftsmanship. You see, we are called to be part of God's new creation. Called to be the agents of the new creations. Here and now. We are called to model and display the new creation in symphony and family life in restorative justice and poetry in holiness and service to the poor. I like that. You see, when God created this creation, this earth, He created our nothing. He created His creation. Now He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross. He re-entered His creation to recreate the shalom, to recreate the new Jerusalem, the new earth, the new heaven. To recreate, and that's where we are now. God is creation alone. Create new heaven and new earth on this earth. Through Jesus Christ, by the blood of Christ, He break all the sins, He break all the bondage free, so the shalom of God can flow, can flow, can flow into our life. I believe God wants us to have this shalom, to have this wonderful shalom, to have clean flow, to have good craftsmanship, to bring justice, to bring beauty back again. So that great art we can enjoy, great music we can enjoy, great architectural building we can enjoy, great shoes we make we can enjoy. And most of all, we care for the environment, care for the rivers, care for the mountains. Many years ago in the 80s, I used to enjoy uh, Chika at Sibuyao. You know Sibuyao at the village? Fishing village. Now there you go to Sibuyao. You can't find chica. Prong, sweet prong. No more. It's all planted by oil palm. So sad. You see, that is God's creation. When we restore it, we have to build it back. As Christians, we have to march on. If we do something, do plantation, we make sure we plant back. Make sure we do some restorative. Project to bring back the nature, the beauty of God, so that creation will come back to earth. Luke 10, Jesus instructs his disciples to take no purse or sandals for the journey. I heard it often that the reason for this keep his disciples humble and to force them and to rely on the kindness of the stranger in whom. Okay. You see, just now the, the scripture reading we read in Luke chapter 1, uh, chapter 10, verse 1 to 6, he said, 
sent out 72 people. Everyone marched on two by two, pay in pay, to proclaim the gospel of God, to proclaim the kingdom of God is near, and to see, to say to each house, peace of the God be with you. Can you say that? To proclaim peace. God sent us out two by two. For the harvests are plenty, but the workers are few. So not only we pray, we must go out, pay two by two to preach the gospel, to bring shalom to our neighbor, to bring peace to our neighbor, to bring love to the broken people, to bring peace to the house. Even though we may face problems, even in Luke, he said, he sent us out like a lamb among the wolves. So are you that person of peace? Are you that person of peace? And not only he said that, are you the person of peace? He wants us to go without purse, bag, or sandal. Without purse, bag, or sandal. You know what does that mean? So when we go out, just like Alex John, Alex John likes to bring his sling back. Sorry, when you go out to present the gospel, no sling bag, no shoes, no wallet. Oh, jalale. How to bring the gospel like that? It is an indication that God sent us out with no baggages in us. He wants us to trust Him. And He wants us to be with the community we are going with. Whoever they are, let them bring food to you. Let them bring center to you. Let them love you. Meaning that when we go on mission, we totally have to trust God and trust the people we work with. We plan so well until we have so much money we go out. But when the Lord speaks to us, two by two, you don't need to plan that well. Just go out, the Lord will provide. Everywhere you go is a sanctuary of God. God dwells at every household you bring peace to. God dwells at every family you go to. For He is our Father, our Provider, our Shepherd, who always brings us we lack of nothing. He always brings us by the quiet stream, by the green pasture, wherever we go, whatever we do. We may face problems, but green pasture will be there. We just have to trust in Him. We just have to depend on Him. We just have to trust Him to move forward so that we can enjoy life together with Him. Now, God didn't give me this talent and look to just sit around being a model or being famous. God didn't give us this talent and gift and all this reason just to sit around discussing how to produce a more impressive, impressive worship gathering. It's, just, it's not meant to be offend, but it's meant for you and me. God gives Methodists a lot of talent a lot of uh, blessed with professionals and rich people. He is trying to say here is that the point he's trying to get is that let us not have this talent to sit around just to build our own church. But we must move on to bless more people. Two by two, proclaiming peace, proclaiming love to everyone that needs the gospel. To bring reconciliation back, 
to bring justice back, to bring beauty of the Lord back to each family. It's just like we are in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Chapter 2, verse 42. We just bake bread together. We just have fellowship together. We just pray together. And that is the community. We learn from each other. We fellowship. We learn from apostles' teaching. We pray together. And we break bread together. We share our wealth together. Isn't that a wonderful thing to do? We are talents and gifts. We should re-replocate, redistribute, and bless many more people so that when He gives us this gift, so that we will defend the oppressed and protect the widow and orphans, so that we might announce a beautiful message that through Christ, our God reigns and He has defeated sin and death and the devil, and He has come to your house offering your relationship with Him. So use our talent to protect the widow, protect the orphans, and to proclaim good news, to proclaim peace, to proclaim shalom, to bring shalom to people around us. I just want to close with this touching song. I'm not going to sing. I'm going to read the words. I'm going to read the words by Karen Young by Karen Young. He wrote the song and he sang the song, I think, called Nobody's Child. Nobody's Child. Many people at my age will know this song. The younger group may, know, not, may not know this song. By Karen Young, Nobody's Child. As I was slowly passing an orphan's homes one day and stopped for just a moment to watch the children play. Along a boy was standing, and when I asked him why, he turned with eyes that could not see, that's mean he's blind, and he began to cry. I'm nobody's child. I'm nobody's child. I'm just like a flower. I'm growing wild. No mommy kisses, and no daddy smile. Nobody wants me. I'm nobody's child. I want to close this with you all, with all our talents and gifts and blessings from God. There are so many out there who feel that they are nobody's child. They are just like the flowers growing wild. They need mommy kisses. They need daddy's smile because nobody wants them. Let's pray. God, I thank you for reminding us that you commission us, that you command us to go two by two, to proclaim your good news, to proclaim your kingdom is near, to proclaim the reign of God is there, and most of all, to proclaim the shalom, the peace to every family we meet. The broken family will bring shalom to them. So help us to bring peace to them. Help us to help them so that their heart will not be in trouble. Help us to help them not to live a fearful life, a life afraid, 
especially at this pandemic. Help us, help our feet, help our hand when we are able to reach out to them and love them. For there are so many people out there who, is, who feel that nobody wants them and they are nobody's child. And truly, they need a lot of mommy kisses, a lot of daddy smile. So help us to become mommy and good daddy to many orphans, to many disabled people around us and around Gucci. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. In your name we pray. Amen.